This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, uh, the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and there are more people live on this podcast right now than there are in Yankee Stadium wow. for the team's home finale today. The game is currently being played. Yankees are losing 2 nothing to the Diamondbacks. They were eliminated from postseason contention yesterday evening, sometime after losing some combination of Mariners, Rangers, and they can no longer, they lost the season. Who cares? Literally, who cares? They've been metaphorically eliminated for weeks. They were officially eliminated yesterday. Heads must roll. Aaron Judge demands change. What change does he mean? Did Aaron Judge's injury prevent the 2023 Yankees from making the postseason? Is it kind of a good thing that they were prevented from making the postseason because now they must address what brought them here or are they going to run it back or at least 85% run it back or at least pretend playing the kids helps when the kids actually made everything worse next year. Bottom line, Aaron Judge is the most important player on this team. He might be the most important voice in the front office too. Garrett Cole wrapped his season as the team's most impactful player and shouldn't make another start again this year. So many people should not play again this year. I don't know if your other Yankee podcasts have the cojones to say that, but Thomas Carinante and myself will certainly go all in on why no one who matters at all for next season should be playing for the final six games of this year and certainly should not be playing in the rain Put everybody on the I.L. like Tommy Canely. Call up a million Matt Bowmans. It doesn't matter. Those people will probably be hungrier than the starters anyway. Thanks for joining us today live on YouTube. Thanks for following along with us on your favorite podcast app. If you prefer the audio version, we're here live all off-season, all regular season, all somebody else's post-season long, Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. Thomas Carinata, you got a special offer for the fans who've stuck it out. And again, the people currently listening to the show, more of you listening to the show than attended Monday's Yankees finale. I don't blame any fans for not going to this game. No, it's just objectively. It better be. It better be the all time franchise low rock bottom to finish your season, a season that started with championship expectations, but didn't really have them for very long, but, but did start with them in front of seven wet losers. (laughs) I thought I couldn't get more embarrassed than I was when I saw the fire Cashman night of seven people in the bleachers going fire crash, man, like forgetting his name and holding up the wrong sign. But today is actually much more embarrassing. Oh, well, well, if you're embarrassed and you want to risk some oh, well, darn <laughs> bet three, six, five is here and they have increased their sign up offer ahead of the MLB playoffs. This is where betting starts to take off, guys. It's the best time of the year for it. You have football, NFL, college converging with baseball playoffs, converging with the start of the NBA season, which will be in a month with the start of the NHL season, which will be probably in a month. I don't even know when the NHL starts. I don't really care. But either way. You get everything in one, college basketball. Um, anyway, new users who register for Bet365 with our code, our code is YGYBetting, are now eligible to receive $365 in bonus bets. All you have to do, deposit 10 bucks, place a $1 wager on any game. Very simple. Once you place that first bet, you will instantly receive $365 in bonus bets, Bet365. Get it. Whether you win or lose, just make sure you use the code YGYBetting at sign up. On top of getting that bonus, using our code YGYBetting supports us, the podcast. And we love that. We love having you guys around. We love giving you guys some deals. Uh, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's what that's what this is. So head on over to Bet365 if you haven't yet. First-time users, use that code YGYBetting. Punch in that first bet. This offer is only available, again, to new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode descriptions for full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Um, Yeah, so uh, Bet365 making some changes to their offer. Yankees making some changes, maybe, but I don't know what they are. Anyway, eliminated yesterday. You knew it was coming. This wasn't news. You didn't need a story about it. Um, it's just more so official. Now you can tune out for good. You have, as a fan, I think at this point, 
fully relieved of the last week of the season. No judgment if you don't watch a single game. I think the hardcore fans are saying, you know, you watch till the end until we're eliminated. I don't necessarily believe in that, but I can respect it. Um, I've been tuned out since after the first week of September. After Dominguez went down, I said, you know what? No, just not doing it. I'll do what I need to do. I'll be there. I'll be somewhat in tune. I'm not living and dying by every pitch. I'm not watching a full nine innings. I'm not sitting through weather delays, which is what this weekend was all about. Um, I wish this was against somebody who didn't matter so they could just not play the games. But the Diamondbacks are unfortunately in the NL wildcard race. And that one is a tidy. Yeah. Uh, so they need to play this. The Yankees have games of playoff implications against the Blue Jays. Thankfully, this series against the White Sox that the Diamond Diamondbacks had coming up was able to get pushed back a day because the White Sox season doesn't matter anyway. Um, but yes, the official ending to this season that ha- once had championship aspirations, even though we were a little bit skeptical of that based on how 2022 ended um, and whatnot, we got another layer of embarrassment in there with Jordan Montgomery's incredible hot streak right now that's carrying the Rangers over the last week or two, which has them back atop the AL West. More indictment on Cashman. Um, and now we're talking changes in the post game. Aaron Boone acknowledged it, but is he going to be here? We'll talk about that in a minute. Aaron Judge says he's excited to be part of the conversation. I think that's a positive sign. I just don't know the influence that he's going to have. He was part of the change this past offseason. I'm not saying anything was his fault, but sign Carlos Rodon, the seemingly correct move that went wrong. Uh, signing Tommy Canely, the seemingly correct move that for the most part went wrong. His counting stats look good, but far too many meltdowns and opportunities where we didn't need him to melt down. Um, I don't know, maybe keeping Luis Severino. I don't know if that was part part of the decision-making process, if they had weighed in on that at all. Um, yeah, my only concern about the changes and Judge being involved, and this is not a shot at Judge, it's not a shot at really anybody, but We've had the same power structure since 2017. Judge was the best player since 2017. He's remained the face of the Yankees since 2017. And this team has gotten progressively worse. And I think the problems are more systemic than they are just, oh, let's insert best player into proceedings and that will change things um, because the problems run much deeper than that. I think this is a positive step in the right direction, but um, we'll see what comes of Hal Steinbrenner's audit and, you know, holding people accountable quote, if, if we can believe that. And I guess we'll see what happens with judge's input, but I don't know if judge's input is going to be anything that drastic that, you know, the Yankees potentially like, it's probably stuff the Yankees already know that they don't want to do kind of, it's like, it's like the Bryce Harper situation where they're like, we should sign Bryce Harper. Right. But we shouldn't because everyone thinks we're going to do that. Yeah. So maybe we shouldn't do that. So I don't know what ju- I don't know what judges' opinions would be. The, the baseline here, it's obvious. The Yankees have the worst batting average in the league, not counting the ath- o- Oakland Athletics. That is objectively bad. They are a useless team when Aaron Judge is out of the lineup. That is objectively bad. Their pitching, the starting rotation is decimated. They need some more starting pitchers. Pretty obvious what they need to do there. So I like that he'll be involved. I like that maybe he'll get to sign off on some things and 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 maybe steer Cashman in the other direction. But really, how useful will this be if the same people are making the decisions and have the final call on whatever it may be? Yeah, I wonder if they just, like, punch all the numbers from Hal Steinbrenner's audit into a computer, press enter, and the computer explodes. Like, there's so <laughs> much wrong that they, they're like, whoa, I've never seen that happen before. Um, <laughs> yeah, Aaron Judge theoretically was a driving force last offseason in putting together a roster that, has been largely non-functional. He, he wanted Volpe. Volpe put up a 2020 season. You want to talk about, are you still watching? What are you watching for the rest of the season? I literally just watched Volpe at bats in fear, hoping he gets a hit. Because at one That's point, he, he had turned the corner, was over 220. And I was like, great. He'll finish this year at 220 or 225. And I go into next season being like, that's pretty bad. Could have been worse. Now he's at like 208. He occasionally gets a hit in a game. Can't remember his last multi-hit game. And every day I check his average to go, how much further down? Like, he's he's over a certain threshold. How much further down could it go? Going over for 4. Typically, he'll lose, like, a point in average every day. I need him over 200. I would love him over 210. So I anxiously watch Volpe's at-bats for the rest of the year. And when he doesn't get a hit, I get bummed. That's how I've been watching for, like, a week and a half, basically. Yeah. And I root for Garrett Cole. Um, and I'm glad Aaron Judge hit three home runs on Friday. But that's mostly – literally, I mostly watch Anthony Volpe, or I check the box score, and I go – and it physically hurts me to see he went over again because I really thought that we'd gotten past this 
and we haven't. He needs an offseason reset. He needs to be shut down now as much as anybody. Just like yesterday, I wanted Carlos Rodon out after six innings. Six Please. innings, two earned runs. Another great Carlos Rodon start in a string of them, and they leave him in in the seventh inning to go do 100 pi- approach 100 pitches, and uh, two more runs allowed on his watch, and the bullpen comes in and gives up a fifth, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, Carlos Rodon sucks again. And yes, that is his fault. He gave up four runs. But you could have gotten him out of the game at six innings, two runs. You could have lowered his numbers, and instead you raised him again. So uh, it's been a deeply unpleasant watch for weeks, for months, certainly for the last couple of days. Uh, and these rain games in front of four people are just an embarrassment to society. We, we cannot be doing these. The, the Aaron Judge comments on changes that have to be made, do they raise my alarm bells? And I, I saw this point raised earlier, so not my original point. I didn't come up with this take. I wish I was – God, it would be great if this was my take. And I could be like, hey, this is my take. And then no Whose one – was like, uh, I honestly don't remember, which is a bummer. But, oh, it was – I think it was uh, – I think it was uh, Joe Rondazzo, the Yankee librarian, but it was, I, I do want to give him credit, but uh, judge coming out yesterday and saying, uh, you know, the front office, the real changes need to be made. And I have ideas and clearly we're not done. You know, we got to address some stuff. Yeah. That's pointed critique. It lends credence to a week ago when they said, Hey, I, I understand if you don't want to answer this publicly, but Aaron Boone, he's like, no, he's the guy. He's yeah. the guy we came up with. He's the guy for this team. Um, and we tried to write that off as, well, what's he going to say? He's the manager. What's he, he's going to come out and say, uh, no, not interested. I think we need to explore new options. But then he forcibly came out and said, front office, not doing the job. So apparently if Aaron Judge does have a problem with stuff, he will say it. And he full-throated endorsed Aaron Boone. And Aaron Judge is fiercely loyal, which has so far been an issue because we've wound up with people who Judge came up through the system with, who've been on this team, upgradable mm-hmm. spots like Kyle Higashioka. Tommy Canely comes back because he loves being a Yankee. Like, uh, look, I don't know how instrumental Judge has been in any of these maneuvers, but I know that Judge loves his guys, and maybe his guys aren't the answer. Anthony Rizzo is now here for several more years, and you can't predict a concussion, but you can predict the fact that he's a 220 hitter who sells out for power at this point. We never got a full season of Rizzo without the shift ban with a non-scrambled brain, but Anthony Rizzo is not a 320 hitting MVP candidate at this point in time. He's a good field, not great field first baseman who hits 220, 230 with significant Yankee Stadium porch power. And I'm glad he was on the roster, but he's not your cleanup hitter. He's not your playoff threat. He's your veteran medal. He's entering his mid-30s. And we have him instead of Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson, in part because Aaron Judge loves him. And I, He's I like who him. Nick Swisher should be. Uh, yeah, I love that they love each other, but we're missing out on really talented players because Anthony Rizzo is on the New York Yankees. Um, which all brings me to the the thing that's been rattling around in my brain the most this morning, which is if the Yankees are going to have a really tough time moving on from John Carlos Stanton, and we we dictated that case on the last episode. We'll do it again and probably every other episode for the rest of the year in the offseason. Cutting a $90 million man, really tough for any team to do. The Yankees could stomach it more than anybody else, but they never do stuff like that, so probably not going to happen. Trading him, you'd have to eat $70 million of the money anyway. So very similar. You'd also have to attach a top prospect. You want to trade Giancarlo Stanton and Trey Sweeney? Giancarlo Stanton and Oswald Peraza, Stanton and Dominguez, this Mm. is pretty unappealing. Uh, So it's not going to happen unless Aaron Judge pulls rank and asks for it to happen. If one of the ideas Aaron Judge has is backstabbing Giancarlo Stanton and saying he cannot be on the team anymore, I understand that we've been the Bash Brothers and the Amigos. We In 2018, there were questions about how we'd fit together. Aren't we redundant? Don't we have the same offensive profile? But we succeeded in 18, and he got hurt in 19, and got hurt in 20. 21, we worked pretty well off each other, as horrible as that season was for any number of other reasons. What if Judge, like, six years deep goes, hey, sorry, enough is enough. Like, Stan's not that guy anymore, and he can't be on this team next year. Then they'll explore a way to get rid of him. They they will maybe even eat the money. But unless Judge backstabs his friend and partner, there's no way that's going to happen. It just makes me – Max Goodman wrote about, like, hey, what's Aaron Judge's plan? What are his thoughts? And one of the things he threw out was, like, is Judge done with Stanton? Could, could Judge lead an anti-Stanton brigade this offseason? And if he does, that is a reversal of his behavior in a major way, but also would signal a huge tone shift and would really probably be the only way this team could get out of that contract 
this offseason and get out of that contract. Like they're not going to get out of that contract, even if they get him off the team. He'll yeah. the contract will still be here. But it 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 made my prick my feelers up a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Is Aaron Judge tired of is Aaron Judge tired of the 190 hitters? Is Aaron Judge tired of the all or nothing power guys? Like, does Aaron Judge really want to revamp this roster? Because if he advocates for Stan's departure, he might be gone. Uh, most frustrating on top of all this, though, Aaron Judge begging for change. The offensive free agents this offseason are the worst. They're so bad. So, like, what change do you want? Uh, the change I advocate for at this moment in time is setting yourself up for 2025 because I don't want to pay Cody Bellinger and I don't want to pay Matt Chapman. And either you're doing, like, a big money splurge on someone I don't like or you're filling in the margins with a lot of veterans like Kevin Kiermaier, who we'll talk about later, which, like, I could get down with that. But there's there doesn't seem to be a roadmap for, like, an enough is enough 2009-style offseason because the high-profile lots of offensive players on the market are, are not very good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also feel like the attitude coming out of the Yankees still isn't enough is enough. Like, Judge is the captain. Judge says he's excited to be involved in off-season planning because changes need to be made, and that's great. But, like, it even has a positive connotation to it because we're like, oh, my God. He's going to be involved talking with the front office. That's so cool. Yeah. When in reality, it should be this should have been how it, this should have been the process from the friggin' start. Mm-hmm. This should have been exactly how this team was handling business. They should have had some sort of connection with the dugout, which they clearly have not had. You look at look at everything that's gone down this year. Or no, it, I don't want the, to. Don't make me do that. <laughs> Over the last year, you have Jordan Montgomery get blindsided with a trade, and then he immediately leaves and starts succeeding with an easy tweak to his uh, his arsenal. Well, but he never would have made postseason starts for the Yankees, so don't even worry about that. He he didn't have what it took. Less than a a year ago, Brian Cashman said Jordan Montgomery would not be making postseason starts for the Yankees. Now, in two consecutive stretch runs – He's been a key instrumental figure on playoff contenders. And who made postseason starts for the Yankees last year? Like Eric Cole, Nestor Cortez, Severino? No, Severino. Tyone, Tyone started game two of the DS. Like Frankie Montas appeared in the ALCS last year. Yeah. Like they could have found room for Jordan Montgomery. Exactly. Um, you look at Aaron Hicks batting 291 with an 860 OPS in 60 games. He's a part-time player, but you would have never seen those part-time stats with the Yankees. That's the one that got me today, and I know we've got a million moves to go through, but the Aaron Hicks thing, like, people are listing that like a Cashman roster failure. Like, he went into this season thinking he could go with Aaron Hicks in the outfield. Get real. No, that's not a roster failure. That's a coaching failure because mm-hmm. was the oh, Cashman was crazy to believe there was more in Aaron Hicks than what he was showing it last year in the start of this season. Not that crazy because the Orioles found it. So that's a little Yankees exceptionalism for 20, 30 years. We've been sitting here in New York going, Hey, if they, I've seen this guy for a hundred games, he sucks. And if he can't figure it out in New York, he's not going to trust me. He's not going to figure it out where you are because the Yankees have the best coaches, the best teammates, the best infrastructure, the best equipment, the best facilities, the best trainers, the Yankees are the gold standard. So if you can't hack it in New York, either something's wrong with you mentally or you just don't have it. Well, that's not true because Aaron Hicks immediately went to Baltimore and figured it out. Has a mid 800s OPS and a 136 OPS plus on the year. So don't give me this bullshit. Whatever the Yankees are teaching these people, whether they gave up on Aaron Hicks or they weren't smart enough to figure out Aaron Hicks, Brian Cashman, that's actually a win for him because he kept him far too long. Everybody, me included, I was wrong, said we can't. It's enough for this guy. It's over for him. And it wasn't over for him. So Cashman was right. And the people who were instructed to fix Aaron Hicks we're wrong. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know it's a really small sample size, but Josh Donaldson is already helping the Brewers. He'll be he in is, the playoffs. You'll see Josh Donaldson yeah, in the playoffs. He has three homers and 10 RBIs in 12 games uh, and couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat here. And now he's his batting average. So I think he's batting like 210 or something, but OPS is closer to 800 probably than it ever was with the Yankees at any stretch in time. Um, 777. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. I mean, it's not good for a player making $22 a year, but it's good for what we just saw to Josh Donaldson for 
almost two full seasons. I still don't want him, but you'll see no. him in the playoffs. He'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, he'll be there. Um, yeah, uh, th- there are so many things that go into the failures, whether it's a lack of aggression, um, whether it's buying or selling at the deadline, whether it's hanging on to distressed assets, whether it's um, you know not being um, a little bit more pushy with trading your top prospects to put your major league roster over the edge. Like there's a million problems that have contributed to the Yankees downfall. Um, But, but the one constant that remains is that this core has largely remained the same, you know, since 2019 ish, this team has had mostly the same player since then and they've gotten worse. And 2022, you could argue was essentially, and I know this is dumb to say because every other malign fan base will say that, you know, we're spoiled and annoying. Everything and, we're going to say today and until the offseason, though, is dumb because we're in dumb yeah. mode. We're angry and sad. So we're going to say a lot of regrettable yeah. stuff like, ah, oh, this is a worse curse than the Red Sox. And then you can come to me and be like, no, it's not. And I'll be like, you're right. That was dumb. I'm in dumb <laughs> mode because I'm sad. So please continue. <laughs> My my dumb take is that last year was essentially an ALDS exit. Yeah, it was. You it was. You went up until the last possible out against a team that is way worse than you in the Guardians, and then you got to the ALCS and you got boat raced. And that might as well have never happened. None of that was enjoyable. There wasn't a memorable moment. They were all Harrison Bader, who was barely on this team this year. Yeah. So you have 2020 ALDS exit, 2021 wildcard exit, 2022 faux ALDS exit, 2023 no playoffs, still in danger of finishing under 500. So I, I'm not I'm not insinuating there is a cultural issue here, but as we have talked about, whether it's with the coaches or whether it's with the players, there are regressions beyond explanation. There are body language and, um, you know, attitude issues beyond explanation. There is an inability to speak with the press in any scenario, under any circumstance, whether it's good or bad. The answers from these guys are like, it's like they'd never had a conversation before in, in a public forum. So, again... I don't know if that's a reflection on Judge. I don't know if it's a reflection on him having too many of these bad personalities or, you know, whatever, bad players, whatever you want to call it around him. But I'm going to need to see some action from this team after he's involved in the proceedings to believe that his presence in the proceedings is actually a difference maker. That's what, that's all I'm saying. I I don't I don't think we should be over the moon about this. I think this should have been status quo for a while. That's also why I'm not like jumping up and down. Because like I said earlier, like the front office should be in tune with, with what's happening in the dugout, and they should have their best and most trusted players acting as, you know, uh pseudo advisors in a sense, where they know that they can go to these th- this specific group of guys to get, you know, to understand what's going on with the pulse inside the dugout, inside the clubhouse or whatever it is. And the amount of, you know, off the field issues we've seen with this team, the amount of, you know, other character issues we've seen with this team um, in the the multitude of instances that I just stated before, like that's it's bad. And it's always going to be a reflection on whoever is labeled the captain. So I'm just hoping to God that whatever Aaron Judge does when he's fully involved with the front office this season results in swift and immediate change or else these questions are going to linger i think and it's it's really not going to be good for the 2024 team what does innovation sound like it sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer client or patient it sounds like having the right information right when you need it it sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business thanks to highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes Innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Yeah, you know, it's really not fun is reading, like, again, Max Goodman's, like, 40-man roster assessment that dropped today, talking about culture. You know what's not fun is, is seeing multiple blurbs on that end with, is under contract for next year, but probably will never pitch for the Yankees again due to violation of the domestic violence program. 
due to alcoholism in the clubhouse and violation of the domestic violence program. Like shouldn't see that once definitely yeah. shouldn't see that twice. So uh, yeah, whoever's uh, in charge of determining whether someone's character permits them to be a member of the New York Yankees, which is supposed to be a pretty exclusive club should probably rededicate themselves to assessing character concerns this off season. I mean, what, what could Aaron judge want? Um, I mean, I guess it's pro- it's it starts and ends with with left-handed bats. It, honestly, like it just it just has contact to. lefty bat. Austin Changes Wells, up. Austin Wells just hit one uh, four hundred feet to tie this game, and and that showed us a little something something, cool. and and that's the reason why uh, a lefty bat, even a struggling lefty bat, even a lefty bat hitting like one forty, could potentially help because you, a lefty bat with power uh, and, and contact profile, like hey, one pitch, going to that porch. Uh, River Avenue Blues tweeted, uh, rookie eligible Yankees this season hitting 200 with a 274 OBP and a 316 slug in 913 plate appearances. That's mostly Volpe. That's that's brutal. So turning the keys over to the kids isn't going to do it. You're going to need to find veterans who can hack it. Um, and so one veteran who, who did appear this weekend and I understand this is not everybody's dream. This is not, you know, not, oh, dream offseason. The New York Post isn't printing up, you know, cue the confetti back pages if the Yankees signed Kevin Kiermeyer this offseason. But Aaron Boone praises the Blue Jays before the Yankees play the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays rededicated themselves to getting lefty bats who can hit for contact and power, who have speed and defensive capabilities, leadership qualities. Aaron Boone asks for those things. One can only assume Aaron Judge is asking for the same things. Everson Pereira has struck out 30-plus times and 70 at-bats this year and hurt his leg falling down the stairs at Fenway Park. I wish that hadn't been the case, but you can't pencil him into the outfield next year. You can't pencil him into center field next year. Jason Dominguez is not going to be back till July at the earliest, maybe late June if he's a bionic miracle, but June is not April. So the best-case scenario is still pretty bad there. Esteban Florial has been pretty impressive the last couple of weeks, but we know the Yankees hate him, so he's not going to be starting in center to start the year. How about Kevin Kiermeyer as a starter to begin the season slash fourth outfielder slash mentor? The man himself said, I want to stay in the AL East. Check. Mm. He said, I prefer playing on natural grass like Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park. Check. Not Toronto, not Tampa. So that's Baltimore. Well, they've already got Aaron Hicks. So I guess no Kiermeyer for you. New York and Boston. Kiermeyer is an 850 OPS at Yankee Stadium. He's someone who has routinely punished this team. He's someone whose quality of contact almost never matches the seasons that he puts forth because he's fast, because he finds holes, because he's a professional hitter. Sometimes it's possible. Quality of contact, a good metric to determine who is potentially a breakout candidate but if someone consistently outperforms that metric and time it again like oh it says he should be hitting 240 but he hit 280 this has happened seven straight years <laughs> and, and that's just a guy who does that and yeah. evan kiermeyer plus short porch plus 10 to 15 homer power plus low expectations plus glorified fourth outfielder who starts to begin the year who moves to a bench role as the season progresses who doesn't kill your season if he gets hurt but is an addition while he plays. That makes total sense to me. And he wants to be here. And he wants to be in Boston too. So do, do you want him in Boston? Do you want a guy with an 850 OPS at Yankee Stadium who kills you in Boston? Or do you want someone who directly fills the need for you in pinstripes? And we've seen this a trillion times. And this could be just another Michael Brantley who you go, hey, perfect fit this offseason. Then he goes to arrival and you go, oops. And then the season starts and you go, yep, that would have worked nicely for us. It's working for them. Could certainly be that scenario, but definitely something that got, you know, me and my eyes open a little bit this past week going, yeah, Kiermaier's a fit. And, and there are people arguing against Kiermaier, and I just, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. Like, What's the argument? Uh, what the, the argument is below average offensive profile, and is that the kind of hitter you want to add to a Yankees team that's already below average offensively? And like, well, the alternative is Billy Nobody McKinney. The alternative is Billy McKinney. So uh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? What, what are you yeah. talking about? It's a, it's a stopgap signing who 
then turns into a fourth outfielder when you have all of your guys ready. And again, you don't know when you're going to have all your guys ready because if we're going to sit here and believe injury timetables to be concrete, then you, again, have not been watching Yankees baseball for the past seven years. I believe in injury timetables. They're always 100% accurate. (laughs) Um, And, of course, why would you – what what other center field option is appealing to you that you would want to bring aboard – without interrupting Jason Dominguez's path to uh, on the big league roster. You want him back. You want him playing every day when he's ready to play. Obviously he's probably going to, he's probably going to need a few weeks in triple a, I would imagine. Yeah. He, um, he played in the majors for a couple of days yeah. and we already felt like he rushed to the bigs. Yeah. So yeah, he's going to get a long rehab stint. Yeah. So expect a longer rehab stint there. Expect them to be extra cautious because he's 20 years old. Um, And yeah, I don't, again, I don't know if you're, if you're just saying Kevin Kiermeyer is not a good signing because of X, Y, and Z, that's fine. But if you're saying that this is a bad signing and you're looking at the, the rest of the players that are available this off season, then I don't know what you're thinking because there's nothing else out there. I hate them all. I hate the whole off season. You want to trade for Dylan Carlson who just got ankle surgery? Dylan Again, Carlson Romano? To him. No, I don't want Dylan Carlson Romano. <laughs> that linked to him for the entirety of the pre-trade deadline period. Meanwhile, he was dealing with ankle soreness all year. It affected his play all year. And then he succumbed to ankle surgery. So the Yankees avoided disaster again. That was somebody Brian Cashman wanted. That was the Frankie Montas of 2023. Uh, ankle hurt all year. Hey, how's your ankle? I'm going to be honest with you, Brian. It's pretty bad. Okay, well, you cost less than someone who's good, so I think we're going to go ahead and get you anyway. Ah, oh, bummer, ankle surgery. Like, <laughs> we, we've seen this. We didn't need to see it again. Uh, hey, who made, uh, by the way, who made the best deadline trades this year? I can name two. I think the top two deadline trades were made by the same person. Um, what would you say those were? I don't even know. Uh, I believe, as far as I look, hey, this is just one man's opinion. Who did the Blue Jays get? Jordan Hicks? I, I think the best deadline trades were uh, Josh Bell's 124 OPS plus, 276 average, 839 OPS, 11 bombs in 48 games in Miami. Wow, that's good. Jake Berger going to the Miami Marlins as well. Uh, walked off the Yankees. Nine homers, 27 RBI, hitting 313 in 48 games with a 903 OPS, 141 OPS plus. I think those are the two best deadline acquisitions. Kim Ang made both of those, Miami Marlins. Uh, she is a free agent at the end of the season. What? Yes, correct. How uh, long? They, what was the deal she signed? They didn't want to talk about her contract details. That's what Bruce Sherman said like last week. He said, wait, we're focusing on the playoff push. We don't want to talk about it. It was a mysterious contract, but it came out that she is technically up for grabs at the end of this season. So she used to work for the Yankees. Used to be Brian Cashman's assistant GM uh, was hired under Cashman from 98 to 01. So if you want to really diversify this offseason profile, I'm not interested in almost anybody who's actually hitting the market offensively. Uh, if somebody wants to do a deep dive and convince me that I should sign this, you know, Korean center fielder, then, then you could look. I'm up for grabs. I don't want Cody Bellinger. So you can, if you can make a case, I'll read the case. Um, but right now, I'm not wedded to any offseason maneuver. I would say Kimming, getting her in the front office, making her GM, making Cashman GM emeritus, or whatever. Uh, working in tandem like Brian Sabian and Omar Minaya. Like we acted like those were just because they were people whose names weren't Brian Cashman. We were like, yes, Omar Minaya is here. Like the guy who built the collapsing 2007 2008 Mets like a tire fire organization Brian Sabian I've heard from people in San Francisco that yes they did win World Series from in 10 12 14 but people viewed him his handling of free agency as a detriment to that process so I don't know I think we were excited to see names that weren't Brian Cashman join the organization but if we, we like the old thing in here that's it we just needed someone like in the room saying this is fucking stupid for no reason other than it's uh, I don't think it's right. And because, you know, we need more traditional baseball people like that's what we were excited about, I think. Yeah, um, of course. And that was it. But yeah, if they're instrumental in like the foundational stuff, that would that would be troubling. 
Oh, Ang is is available, and and other teams are shopping for front office help this offseason. You, you, it would be surprising if they let her get out of Miami, especially if they go on a playoff run. But this is the closest they've been to the playoffs in how long? Well, twenty twenty, they made the fake playoffs. Fake playoffs, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not counting that. They were also below five hundred, weren't they? Well, they were. uh, The Marlins have never, other than twenty twenty, made the playoffs and not won the World Series. They have only made the playoffs in 97, 03, and 2020. There's your bet so, 365 wager. There you go. Hey, yeah, if you are interested in the Marlins futures, again, bet 365. <laughs> uh, sign up offer ahead of the playoffs. New users, the code is YGY betting. $365 in bonus bets for you. That's one bonus bet for every day of the year. All you have to do is deposit $10, place a $1 wager on any game. When you place that first bet, you will instantly receive the $365 in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, just make sure to use that code YGY betting when you sign up. New customers only, 21 plus, physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Unless you're gambling on the Miami Marlins, then go way irresponsible. Although you might be rooting for them to lose because you want Kim Ang in New York. I certainly do. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer just to make absolutely certain that you qualify for it. Um, you're going to talk Booney, I guess, because hey, uh, Aaron Judge uh, 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 goes ahead and endorses uh, Aaron Boone uh, for uh, for 2024 and beyond. Uh, Bob Nightingale says uh, today Boone's coming back. He's coming back. Aaron Boone said they say they asked him, hey, have you thought this might be your last uh, ever game managing a Yankee Stadium? And he said, uh, no, I, I hadn't thought about that. I was mostly thinking about crappy weather today or whatever. OK, man. Um, but. So was he not thinking about it because he was truly that oblivious or was he not thinking about it because they've already given him a wink, wink, nudge, nudge that he is returning for next year? I would say the second one. Um, We made our feelings on Boone extremely clear. Um, Not the problem with the team, just like Glaber Torres, not the problem with the team. But when Glaber Torres is your second best hitter, that's not very good. When Aaron Boone is the final word on in-game adjustments and, and you don't have this kind of superhuman roster or unbelievable magic, or, you know, power for a 20 homer hitting nine hitter or whatever, when you don't have a roster incredible enough to overcome Boone's deficiencies, then Boone starts to look kind of deficient. And that's still where I'm at. You want to overwhelm, if you want to trip ass backwards into Red Soxian success next year, and you go out and get Kiermaier and he hits 25 bombs, and Austin Wells hits 25 bombs, and Floreal, the last chance kid, is a superstar in center field, then fantastic. I don't think that would have a lot to do with Aaron Boone's managing, but fantastic, great. Outside of just a magical season to remember that Peter Body and Philip Bondi write books about and cash them checks for the next 30 years, like I don't think that Aaron Boone is going to be able to lead this team to a championship next year. I don't think he's going to be able to outmaneuver the people asked to outmaneuver to do that. And I think this team just needs a kick in the ass or moreover, many, many kicks in the ass until the kicks reverberate so hard that the front office is like, did my ass just get kicked? Did somebody just kick somebody's ass way below me? Because I just, I just felt that. Like until that happens, I don't think this team will be on the right path. And so therefore, I do not think Aaron Boone should come back. Um, but I get it. Uh, he's less of a problem than the front office, which is also not changing. So what the hell? Right. Why not? Yeah. Uh, I, um, I don't know. It, it's weird. I, I have a problem with it. And I also don't, I'm very much of the belief that Aaron Boone is not the problem, nor is he the solution. Um, and that he's also been given shit over the last three years with whatever this roster construction slash, um, you know, strength and conditioning staff has done with, with with every player that has come through the doors yeah um so Who are you people what are you people what are you people doing what somebody on twitter raised the point that eric cressy like stays in florida during the season which like uh, cool i know he's like a famous man but like why is he your strength and condition coordinator if he's never there yeah and he doesn't do anything that's i don't like that yeah i not a fan of that either i uh, you know i also think that when you know if push comes to boone does less with more i think yes i think yeah that's the term um he i don't think he would be able to navigate you in a tight hole in the alcs he would show you 2004 red sox highlights we already know what he would do we already know what's going to happen well it's it's just obvious that he's not a difference maker and that any of like the top five managers in the game would outmanage him okay so 
That being said, okay, so then why would you want Boone dismissed if this team isn't a contender? Fair point. Fair point. I think that Boone coming back for 2024 is a bad sign for the changes that are to come. Why? One is you need changes, right? I've said it before, and I thought it was a chicken shit move by the organization that dismissing Boone would satiate the need to silence some fans because it's a big enough move that has you thinking, oh man, they're serious. But in reality, like a new manager does not help this team. A new roster is needed for this team. There's far too many holes. There's far too many deficiencies. There's far uh, cultural things, whatever it may be. There's far too much of that to sit here and say, you know what? Bring in Bruce Bochy in theory. Uh, he'll he'll change how things are going here. Yeah. yeah, he might have done that with the Rangers, but the Rangers also went out, overextended themselves in every opportunity to get the best players available. Yeah. So the Yankees are not doing that. Secondly, if you if you are of the belief that the Yankees need to retool, they need to rebuild, then what is the point of Aaron Boone here for 2024? His contract ends after 2024. And this is I'm I'm not shading Booney. I'm really not. He was already in charge of the first Yankees youth movement, and it has failed. I don't know if that is his fault. I do not. I, I don't know whose fault. I, it's a combination of everybody's fault. That's how I would view this. But what are you going to entrust Aaron Boone for another season overseeing this roster for when there is no need to do it? I'm just of the belief when. Things have when things are stale and things have gone awry, just make the change and start from scratch and see what happens. Because the faster you do that, for example, the faster you sell it this year's trade deadline, the faster you know your fate for 2024. You know, the quicker you make moves in free agency, the less likely you are to be scrambling at the end of it to figure out where you need to be and what moves you need to make and what makes sense for the future outlook of the team. Aaron Boone being here. For one more season, when you're trying to revamp this roster, instill a new culture, fix what's broken, makes absolutely no sense. And I'm not saying he represents any of that, but he's going to be a lame duck manager heading into 2024. If they are, per reports, Bob Nightingale said he's staying for 2024. What is the point of that? There's going to be questions all year long about his future in New York, as we've seen down the stretch this year. Why do you need that? Why do you need any of that? And either way, it's it's going to play out, right? If the Yankees are doing poorly, fans are going to say, hey, you worried about your seat getting hot before the trade deadline, sir? Oh, yeah. that should be great for the season. Or, hey, you're at a you're at 105 win pace, Aaron. Have you talked to the organization about a contract extension? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I haven't <laughs> thought of that. So it's like, why do we need any of those types of distractions, whether good, whether bad, when – it's obvious that let's let's say this Aaron Boone the only way in my opinion Aaron Boone gets anything resembling a contract extension or I mean they're not picking up what are you going to do you're going to lame duck him into an option year and then pick up his option that seems like the craziest thing in the world to me anything short of a world series next year Aaron Boone can't be back with the team there is no world in which that makes any sense Joe Girardi came one game within the world series and he got let go. Aaron Boone could do the same exact thing. There is no reason for him to say. So why don't you just end it now? Amicably end the relationship. Don't put Aaron Boone in another pressure cooker of a 2024 season that's going to have elevated expectations based on whatever you do this offseason because now all these changes have been promised from Hal Steinbrenner auditing the analytics department, from Aaron Judge claiming he's going to be involved in the, in the decisions moving forward because so much needs to be altered. I just don't uh, – th- there is no aspect of Aaron Boone returning that makes any sense to me unless you were to say, you know what, we've worked out a new five-year extension for Aaron Boone and he's the guy to lead us through this next window. And that would be probably even more mental. I mean that would be that would be asinine, but letting him dangle for 2024 is in many ways just as embarrassing because yeah. it's not picking a direction. If if the Yankees picked a planted their flag on Boone Island and were like, hey, we heard you. We heard what you're saying. The auditors came back. Not only do they love Boone, 
They think he's the best manager for this team, no matter what the roster looks like moving forward. And we're going to extend him. And you guys can laugh, and then we'll see you at the parade. Like, they can do that, and everybody will laugh at them, me included. But if they just don't do anything and go, hey, Aaron, you should manage the last year of your contract. Um, everyone's mad entering the season. They're angrier than they've ever been. Last year ended with 14 people going to the home finale and the team getting eliminated from playoff contention. All the big moves we made last offseason, except the judge extension failed. And even that one kind of failed because he ran toe first into a concrete slab. So the masses are hungry. Uh, it's a, it's an aggrieved fan base. Uh, you've, you've already experienced how frustrated these people can get when you're winning. They weren't satisfied with your 103 win season in 2019 when you were like the manager of the most exciting team in baseball and riding high. They were even angry at you then. Now they're ready to pounce at the literal drop of a hat. So we're going to throw you to the wolves with no extension, no safety net, and probably another roster that looks a lot like this with kids splitting time with a Kevin Kiermeyer type in the outfield with a Michael Waka type soaking in innings on the mound but uh, yamamoto is the best case scenario for the rotation Mm -hmm. but like you said you're not doing a bochi you're not bringing in genius manager and then also spending 450 million dollars on evaldi degrom getting max scherzer midseason you are definitely when when they hired bochi they definitely said okay we have an elite talent in the dugout now as our manager but they also said we're gonna have one of those seasons we knew last year this was like a 70 win team. And if you're bringing in Bochi, then you better give him the ingredients to cook. So we're signing the top three most exciting pitchers on the market. We're bringing in talent up and down this roster so that you'll notice Jonah Heim. It won't be a surprise when Jonah Heim has an all star season. It will just make sense because we will be one of the top teams in baseball. People laughed at them. Then Bochi did make magic and now they're leading the ALS because the Astros got swept by the Royals, which is so funny. Um, but they're not going to do that with Boone and they're definitely not going to bring in an elite manager to take the reins from Boone. And there are also no elite managers out there. You have to find your own. You have to find your own. There are no more hall of fame managers chilling. Joe Torre is 88 or whatever. (laughs) I think he's probably like, he is legitimately chilling though. Probably like 84, but he's not going to manage the team next year. No, sorry. So beyond that, somebody already did Bochi. The Mets did Buck Showalter. It didn't work. So you're either keeping Aaron Boone for a lame duck weird year, extending Aaron Boone, or firing Aaron Boone and hiring another child. I guess you could hire Craig Council, but he's probably going to walk away from the Brewers and not manage or walk away and follow David Stearns to the Mets. Yeah. Those are probably the only two things that are going to happen. So that I don't think that one's on the table either. You know, pull off an Alex Cora, coup. Beltron want to hire Alex Cora and promote him to a uh, GM. The Red Sox would listen to that Beltron, I guess the, the alternatives are not very exciting, but if you get an alternative, you're definitely getting another, another like another young manager who's going to have to lead another rebuild and try to do yeah. what Boone failed to do in 2018. Yeah. And that's the difficult part of this. It's the, you're trusting again, this is where we go back to the system being broken. You're entrusting the decision makers who have made the bad decisions to find this new manager to find this, you know, new gem to fix, you know, to a couple of gems to fix the roster. Um, and it's concerning. The only other, you know, one that I think we would like that we wanted last off season was Raul Ibanez. I don't know how realistic that he works for the MLB office. Right. Um, yeah. Something like that. So again, that's another scenario where you have to pluck somebody out from a, a cushy situation. I'm sure he likes doing that. I'm sure it's, much less stressful than being the manager of the Yankees where you're pressed for questioning every single day. And if the team is not performing to blockbuster expectations, you have to answer for it. And we've just watched Aaron Boone do that for four years and he can't do it. Um, I don't blame him. I wouldn't be able to do it either without snapping a few times. Um, And he's only snapped once and it was the most mild snap ever when he yelled about it being right in front of us and he jarred the water bottle a little bit loose. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any answers. I just know that this running it back with this version, A, tells you that the Yankees maybe are not that invested in making the necessary changes that need to be made for this team to actually take the next step, or they're putting themselves in a precarious situation with their manager, with the media, and with the public perception of what actually needs to get done. Um, and, again, 
it's it's more of a like the outside laughing at us than anything as opposed to the Yankees saying, you know, we're cutting bait, we're making a move, we feel this is the right one, here we go. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I wish I had more constructive um, answers here. I don't, but no. I'm not in charge of doing it. I just know what I just know what the reaction is going to be. I already know what the I already know what the feeling is as a fan. Aaron Boone coming back, great. Don't care. Don't see him here past 2024. Don't know what difference he's going to make. Don't know why you trust him to lead another another youth movement when it didn't work out. The only survivor from that youth movement is Aaron Judge um, from the first time around. Um, I guess Glaber Torres too. Sorry, guys. Um, survivor. Yeah, I, I just it's it's very it's very concerning because now we're kicking we're we're kicking off the offseason being like you know what changes are coming in but Boone's staying, Cashman's staying too, and we're gonna start over. Okay, well, what are you going to start over? Because it's been the same thing for the last seven years. Yeah. I'm bored. Um, I mean, you wanted to be nice to end the show. Yeah, let's be nice. And we can, uh, and I think we should. But again, keep in mind, like, we want to praise Garrett Cole, who who is going to be, if he's not the Cy Young, I'm going to lose my absolute fucking mind. (laughs) He he should actually be the unanimous Cy Young this year. Yes. It's a bigger shame that the Yankees have wasted a Garrett Cole Cy Young year. That's, Yeah. Let's it's start all, with that, and then we'll end positively. Yes, yeah, yeah, so why? I can't, how how was I positive? I was positive for three seconds. Um, I mean, <laughs> Garrett Cole, very you know, two hundred two hundred and two thirds innings last year, one hundred fifty four hits allowed. Two hundred innings this year, one hundred fifty five hits allowed. Almost identical. Fifty walks last year, forty eight walks this year. Two hundred fifty seven strikeouts last year, two hundred seventeen strikeouts this year. What's the difference? Thirteen fewer homers, thirty-three last year to twenty this year. It's almost a carbon copy season. But he kept the ball in the park this year. He sacrificed strikeouts. It would seem to induce soft contact to keep the ball on the ground to do a better job of pitching to Yankee Stadium and his road environments. And he very rarely had blow-up starts. It's a spectacular season. It's what last year could have been. Yeah, if he was able to make the adjustments, either. But that's fine. It's okay. It's all good. Sure. He was all still good. great last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but people predicted, okay, well, here come the home runs. The downward trajectory for Cole is starting. Not true. He did the work. He was a beast this season. He deserves a uh, Cy Young win, a unanimous Cy Young win. He also deserves to go out on his last start against the Toronto Blue Jays, where he only gave up one run because the umpire doesn't know what a check swing looks like, and he threw a wild pitch, and the guy scored. He still won. Labor Torres' weird defense in the ninth inning couldn't even beef it. He still got the W. And uh, he's towards the top of my list for people who do not need to appear in a baseball game for the New York Yankees again this season. Uh, Stanton is the tippy top of the list, but I definitely don't need to see Cole go on the road to Toronto. And he, I don't think he can mess up his Cy Young campaign, but no. he should not be throwing meaningless innings for this team ever. Nope. And he's past 200. I'm sure he'll want to pitch. He should not pitch. That should be a Brito, Vasquez, put Will Warren on the 40-man Get ahead of that because you're going to have to put Clayton Beater on the 40-man. Whatever you need to do to soak up those innings that is not Garrett Cole, do it. Because uh, we should all leave this season going, great year, stamp it in ink, and it's over, and he's the Cy Young. But, uh, but of course, there is the negative angle of best Cole season. 2020 was not a real year. 2021, very good, got hurt at the end. Red Sox tattooed him in the wild card game. Um, 2022, home runs were a problem. 2023, put it all together. And uh, the rotation was in absolute shambles outside of Garrett Cole. Supposed to be the best rotation in baseball. And the offense was Oakland A's level putrid. And that gets us to where we are today, where they are fighting for 500, fighting for last place with the Red Sox, and have a unanimous Cy Young fronting the rotation, which is something that should never happen. No, it's weird. It's it's the imbalance, right? It's like, okay, the Yankees are at a, Yankees are at a historic win pace last year. And Garrett Cole's getting knocked around like every other start. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, if he's just pitching normally, everything's fine. Um, Garrett Cole against the Astros in the playoffs last year. It's like, okay, finally started to put it together down the stretch and then has has two really good games against the Guardians and then gives it up against the Astros. Um, Garrett Cole battling through injuries in 2021, trying to be a savior, got to respect it, gets shelled at Fenway gets made foot of a Fenway and then we're all the assholes for it. So it's frustrating that of course, 2.75 ERA, 200 innings pitched again, guys, an absolute fucking machine. 
strikeouts still over 200. Um, uh, AL best 157 ERA plus. Um, I believe AL best as well. Whip 1.02. Mm-hmm. Um, and hits per what? nine. Seven yep. hits per nine innings Just pitch. Seven. Really fucking good. Um, this year, um, I've been a big Garrett Cole critic. Yeah. Um, he'll probably kick my ass if he ever sees me in public, which is totally Hey, fun. man. Why are you such a Garrett Cole critic? <laughs> I don't think he'll kick your ass. You know what? He actually might badmouth you to his wife, but I don't think he'd kick your ass. That's fine. Okay. Either way, I deserve it. You know, I you know, I had – when they signed him to that big contract, I was like, great. This is what we need, and there can't be any bullshit with it. And, of course, part of the bullshit was the pandemic season. Another part of the bullshit was the Yankees' toxic poison clubhouse, whatever it was. Whatever it was. But, Another part of the bullshit is whatever cosmic factors are affecting the Yankees right now where they make the right move and it just turns out wrong. I don't know what it is, but hey, silver lining here. Garrett Cole put it together. He's got a full body of work now, uninterrupted by nonsense, whether it's a Yankees collapse, whether it's um, an injury down the stretch, whether it's a global pandemic that he has uh, stuff to reference for next season when that is hopefully going to be Maybe the year. Uh, I'm, I, I think we're probably in Mets territory looking ahead to 2025, but you never know. You never really know. Um, he braved it through. This was an agonizing season, start to finish for everybody. Um, so you got to give props to the team regardless. Mostly everyone stuck it out here. Everyone faced the media, whether their responses were good or bad. They played as many games as they possibly could. They're determined to finish out the season, even though they don't need to, but um, yeah, I got a hat tip to Garrett Cole. Um, certainly, I mean, he earns his money every time he's out there because he worked his way up to earn that amount of money. But this year, truly lunch pail guy. Um, and I got to give him props for that after all of the criticisms I've had for him in the past. Hopefully it's something to build off. Hopefully it's a positive that the Yankees can take out of this season and run with for next year. Unquestionably, leader of the pitching staff. Hopefully that attracts some other starters coming here in the off season beyond the Carlos Rodon move. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, and also for Garrett Cole, I don't know if it's a coincidence now that I was a little bit more uh, pro Garrett Cole this year, but I noticed his hands-on approach with everybody on the pitching staff. I don't know if it was the camera always looking at him in the dugout this year more than ever, mm-hmm. but Clark Schmidt's development, I think fully on, you know, He's he's been integral in that. Um, I think he's helped out the younger guys as well. Um, I think he's probably been a really good help for Carlos Rodon throughout all the struggles that he's had this year too. Yeah. Um, you see him talking with Matt Blake all the time. I'm sure they're working on ways to be constructive and and help the rest of the arms on the staff. I'm sure Michael King's transition to the rotation had something to do with Cole in some capacity um, and his success there. So hat tip to Garrett. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Seriously. Um, you did your best and you deserve to be rewarded for it. Um, and I guess please don't opt out after next season. Um, (laughs) you might, you really might. Of course you might. Yeah, you really might, but, uh, maybe don't, or, or maybe do you, you might, you might just deserve better. I hope you wear a Yankee hat on your hall of fame plaque, or maybe instead of a hat, you wrap your head in the today, tomorrow, forever banner that you made. I I don't know, but, uh, it's been a pleasure watching you pitch this year. And it's going to be a pleasure watching someone deliver you the award. Uh, it's going to be a pleasure watching you beat Shohei Otani for the Cy Young. He's barely even a contender this year, but it was fun watching Judge beat him last year. It's going to be fun watching you beat him this year. And then it's going to be not fun watching him sign with the Boston Red Sox. Hey, anyway, um, what a fun show. The New York Yankees are officially eliminated from the playoffs and will be eliminated from the playoffs the next time you hear us again on Thursday and for the entirety of the postseason. But once the postseason is over, they will no longer be eliminated from the playoffs. They will be on the board for the 2024 playoffs and we'll be able to talk through the numerous ways they can maybe get better or at least get more interesting or at least move in the right direction this offseason we'll be here talking it out every monday and thursday two o'clock eastern and on all your preferred podcast platforms shout out to everybody watching today shout out to everybody listening subscribing downloading rating reviewing uh some people in the comments some people in the in the reviews have said that you know this is one of the few shows they look forward to cool we're gonna try to find new ways to get better this off season we're trying to find new cadences try to find new ways to show our content to you and get you involved in the content creation and the process getting turning you into a community we love all of you listeners we want to hear from you uh you can find me on twitter at adam weiner but still called twitter to me thomas carinazzi where can the people find you 
It'll always be Twitter, baby. I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. The both of us are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. I'll say it again. YanksGoYard.com has all the content you need. We appreciate you guys reading. We appreciate appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, so thankful. We're glad we're having a good time. Um, there will be a lot of off-season stuff incoming. The season ends six days from now. Um, a lot of post-mortem discussions. We're sure there's going to be a lot of fallout. You can expect another Yankees press conference telling us something that we already know. We'll we'll get to see if Hal finally understands why. It would be very funny if he opened the final press conference by being like, I figured out why fans are upset. <laughs> that would win him back if he sarcastically did that. I, that yeah. would be really funny. Hey, I, I watched the second half. I crunched the numbers. I really paid close attention. And I, I think I finally figured out why fans are so upset with it. Is the team sucks. The Norm <laughs> McDonald angle. They got pieced it together. The, uh, the team's terrible. Bring me back. I'd enjoy that. Speaking of Norm McDonald, uh, bet three six five YGY betting. The man liked to bet. Try it out for first time users. Um, until then, <laughs> folks. Thursday we'll be right back here, two p.m. Eastern live. You got a crummy game today. Blue Jays series coming up. At least I guess if everyone's gonna. Stay on the field, play spoiler this time for real. Um, but yeah, we'll talk to you then and uh, enjoy the next few days. All right. Yeah. And don't sleep on the Yankees final three games with the world beating Kansas City Royals, who might have just derailed a team's pursuit of a repeat championship last this past weekend. Um, probably not. They'll probably get in anyway, but it's pretty funny. Fun while it lasted. We'll see everybody on Thursday. More baseball. It is being played.